first of two podcasts, NEC dance producer Kathy Levy speaks to acclaimed choreographer Hofa Schechter. Kathy sat down with a UK-based artist in 2009 while his company was at the NEC presenting Uprising and In Your Rooms. Well, thank you very much, Hoffa Schechter, for making this time for me where you're in Ottawa, having the Canadian premiere of your company, the first of what I hope are many future visits. I hope so. Now set on tape. Hmm. Um, We're really thrilled to have you here. It's been, as you know, a few years of work of getting you here, and it was great. And uh, we've just had a great opportunity to show this performance last night of Two Pieces, Uprising, and In Your Rooms. I want to go back uh, in a moment to how you got here, but let's talk about those pieces. I mean, Uprising was sort of the piece that put you, I guess, in the focus somewhat, um, but there were they were pieces that came before that as well. Yeah. Tell us a bit so about that. We'll start from the, sure. from the pieces that came sure. before that. Well, the, actually, before Uprising, there were only two pieces that I've made for... Um, what you can call my company. At the time, I was working uh, as a project-based company. Um, and the first piece was a duet that um, I was basically, I was working with a dance company in the UK. And um, sort of this time sort of arrived where I said, I have to do my own work. I, I, I felt like I can't really dance for other people anymore. Um, and I had a month off. And I was looking for a reason to make the piece for. I, I thought if I'm just going to go into the studio and try to make a piece that is not going to perform anywhere, uh, it's not really going to work for me. I need a, I need a purpose, you know. <laughs> and I found this uh, festival in Kuopio in Finland. I applied. They accepted. So I had to make a piece. And I had uh, about a month. I started to go into the studio. And actually, this is how it came along. I just... Um, I felt very, um, I don't know, I felt like I don't really know what I'm doing. That was the general feeling, which unfortunately uh, stayed with me all the way till today when Mm. I'm walking into a studio. But that was the feeling. It was like starting out of nothing and just trying to start to put movements together and to, in a way, start to analyze um, what they mean for me. Where is this going? What, What actually, how can I place it inside a dance piece that makes sense, that gives us a bit of a sense of a story or a, of a, or a path of emotions, you know. Were you working on yourself? Was it a solo that you made for your own body? Um, I was working uh, with myself and my uh, partner at the time um, was an ex-dancer as well of Bacheva, where I, where I met her and where I danced before. Um, and she saw that I was so committed to uh, making that piece. And she said, you know what, I, I want to be part of that as well. And um, said, yeah, sure, the more the merrier. I mean, you know, working alone in the studio is tough. Um, but I did, I did do a lot of the preparation work alone in the studio. And then she joined me. And we basically put it together in about 10 days. And that was the first duet. It went to Kopio, to Finland. What was the title of the piece? Fragments. Fragments, okay. Yes. And... Um, and then we came back to London and I was... Wait, wait, wait. I want to know, oh. how was it received there? Um, pretty well. It was actually, it was, um, it was a competition for young choreographers um, because, um, uh, well, when you're very, when you're beginning as a choreographer, it's hard to just get into the program 
programs of um, festivals. So of course they had this competition. I thought, great, I'm gonna apply, and you know, um, and it was received very, very well. Uh, we didn't win, which uh, you know I'm happy about. Um, <laughs> But I had really nice conversations with a lot of dance audience that was there and got some really nice feedback with some of the judges. Um, um, you know, it was a really good experience. And um, we came back to London and I thought, well, I have this dance piece now. I you know, should try to just get it to perform a bit in London. And um, that's a really good John Ashford story, by okay. the way, <laughs> which is John Ashford is the, you know, the base of my dance career in a way. Um, John Ashford, of course, was the artistic director of the Place Theatre in London for, I don't know, 40 years? Uh, something like that? Maybe 20, I don't oh, know. 20, a long time. Yeah, until recently. Yes, yeah. and he's just retired and yeah. uh, he is a mentor for many of us in the business on my side of the business and, mm. of course, for even more importantly, for many, many artists as well. Yeah, and, and he found and, and developed so many talents in the UK. Like, mo you know, most of the artists we, we know of from the UK went through him somehow. Yes. So, yeah, yeah, he's wonderful. Um, so I found this little gig uh, in the very far north of London, and I mean, you know, the last the last stop of a tube, you know, which is <laughs> really far. Um, in a very small theatre, it was about six meters and four meters stage, really something very very small. And of course, did the performance. It went really well. There were about thirty people in the audience. Somehow, Mr. John Ashford was there. Uh, cycled all the way up the hill oh to that gosh. venue, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I came out, and there he was, and he just said, "Wow, I didn't know that you started to choreograph." Uh, I said, "Well, you know, trying." And basically, this is how our relationship started. He invited me to perform in Resolution, then he invited me to be an associate artist of the place, which was uh, an amazing offer and a and a home for me for two years. Then. Um, I was accepted to the Place Prize, which is a competition that he created at the Place, um, where I created my second piece, which was uh, Cult. Um, and basically the Place Prize has uh, commissioned, um, I had a very small commission, but enough to uh, make a new piece for each one of the 20 uh, participants of the competition. Um, and that's, that's how I did my second piece uh, for my company, which was called, it was for three men, three women. And um, yeah, that was sort of like the next, I would say, step in the sense of exposure of the work to a little bit, well, in the UK a bit more, and a little bit more to international promoters. Because and in that <clears throat> that story ended differently than the Kyopio story, right? I mean, that story, Cult won the place prize, did it not? Actually, it didn't. It, and it that's didn't. Oh, the best <laughs> thing about this event that um, everybody think it did, but it didn't. Oh, it did win the... It the won myth is, is, is bigger than the actual exactly, fact. Exactly, that's perfect. so perfect. <laughs> uh, it won the audience award. Okay. And that's, yeah, that's what it won. And it, it went head-to-head uh, head with another piece of uh, Raphael Bonacella, oh, which okay. was a very excellent uh, duet that he made. Um, but, but yeah, but the, the, the sort of like the sense of um, this guy that came out of nowhere and suddenly nearly won the place prize or won the audience award of the place prize. And th that sort of like made some waves in the UK. Um, but I have to say that, you know, um, 
consistently in my uh, career as a choreographer, my work was more, it's not more, but there, there is something very careful about the UK dancing. So my work performed more internationally, consistently, up until today. So it performs, you know, uh, here and in America and in, uh, especially in, in Europe, in Germany, in Italy, in Spain, um, Greece, you name it. But the, in the UK, there is something very suspicious and very slow about the way, um, about the way programmers programming performances and that's that's a long story that can take us into how the arts council operates and stuff like that um but uh, dance promoters or you know at least the dance promoters in london um of course with them it worked differently because they uh, alistair spaulding and at the time julia carruthers and john ashford uh, they are from the place, from the Queen Elizabeth Hall and from Sadler's Wells. They recognized that there is an interesting work here and they decided to co-commission um, a full evening work in 2007. And that was so, the first time the three of them had done such a project together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, actually, I, 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 now I kind of skipped uh, Uprising. Mm -hmm. uh, I went, go back to that. Yeah, we'll go back to that. Um, but yeah, but in the sense of the exposure, it felt like the place prize... Um, it gave me more um, opportunities internationally, mm -hmm. actually, rather mm. than in the UK somehow, even though in the UK it did create waves and people started to hear about the work, but there was still... Was, was, the, was the feeling and the nature and the aesthetic of cult similar to the work that we would be seeing now in Ottawa in Uprising and in your rooms that have that same sort of drive and energy? Yeah. And it did. Yeah. So you think that aesthetic itself was a difficult aesthetic for London promoters to engage? I don't think so. I, I think people were very enthusiastic about it. And they were, you know, a lot of people came to me with a phrase, you know, we were waiting for something like that to happen here and, you know, um, or to come to here. And um, no, I, there is just, um, it's a very suspicious and a very slow dancing in a way that you know everybody uh, is waiting for someone else to take the move you know so and it did happen in that way in the end that when we did perform uprising in your rooms at Sadler's Wells and got the Sadler's Wells stamp um, and got the international stamp and all that uh, suddenly 20 UK venues just went like, oh, me, me. And, mm -hmm. and then, of course, it's hard to fit everybody in and a right. uh, problem of a different kind. But um, but what about that jump from cult to uprising? Let's not lose that. That's a very important piece of the puzzle. It's a very important piece and it was a very important uh, moment um, because after cult, uh, I had a bit of a... I didn't know exactly where it's where it's going. You know, I kind of felt like, okay, wh where am I taking that? How am I taking it forward? Um, and the place has this uh, research opportunity, and uh, I got uh, like four or five weeks research in uh, the place as part of Choreodrome. Uh, they give you studios, and I was working with dancers, and the result was absolutely horrible. I I ended the research. I just 
didn't like what I did. It didn't feel like it has a heart or a direction or anything. John Ashford sat and saw it and didn't say anything. And, you know, and I... I but Which I, is yeah, rare for John Ashford. <laughs> exactly. And I just thought, well, you know, I know that that wasn't very successful. And um, about a couple of months later, we met, uh, we arranged to meet. And, uh, you know, I just asked him, I know it wasn't very good, but what did you think? I just need to hear. And he said, yeah, I just thought like... We sort of recognized that because I collaborated with musicians and we sort of felt that the music didn't really lead the thing and it was because it wasn't really my music, it didn't really lead, didn't really have a feel to it and it just felt a bit like nothing. Finished this conversation, I thought, okay, great, my career is over and I can <laughs> go home, watch a DVD and, you know, just go to sleep. Uh, but just at the end of the meeting, he said, um, okay, well, anyway... I want to offer you the Robin Howard Commission. Wow. And I was like, yeah, great. You know, would you accept it? I was like, yeah, great. And basically the Robin Howard Commission is a commission to make a new dance piece um, that performs at the place. Um, and it's a pretty substantial commission for, for a young choreographer. And this is where I went home and thought, I have no idea what I want to do. It's not even my, I didn't initiate this thing. But that was really cool. And after having this really horrible research, I just I just went home and I thought, I really have to do here something that I enjoy, um, something that will really be fun for me, not not uh, hard work. Everything ends up being hard work in the end, but um, just to really connect to something that I feel like doing and not to sort of like push myself into it. And the very first thing I felt at the moment when I go into the studio and work with men, with male dancers, it just happens to me immediately. There is a connection immediately, the physicality, something. I really feel like I can run with it. Um, so I thought, okay, I'm doing a male piece. And this is how Uprising started to come to life. Um, I knew that I uh, basically I, I had money to... Um, to employ seven dancers, so that would be the number of dancers. <laughs> um, and I also wanted to push myself a bit from the last piece, Cult, that was for six. I was interested to work with more people. And then my brain started running, and we went into the studio, seven men, um, a lot of playfulness, and then a lot of competitiveness, a lot of ego, a lot of friendship, a lot of, you know, and... I just started to sort of like observe all that and think about it. And uh, I saw that there is a sort of a pattern uh, that I recognize uh, from similar situations where you just close men together in a room. Uh, and the very, the very childish feeling that sort of like conflicts with a very serious um, competitiveness and aggressiveness. Um, and, you know, and slowly it started to take form. And uh, I really enjoyed um, working with duality all the time. You know, how strong are these men, but actually how pathetic they are and how sort of like soft they are with each other, but they can be really hard. You know, it, all the time it felt like any everything, you know, every aspect you look at the man, um, you can look at it from another angle pretty much immediately. And, and I really enjoyed that. Um, so the whole idea of um, an atmosphere or a situation that is as 
chaotic and as um, instinctive as a situation of an uprising where there is a real drive um, started to be really interesting for me to find like a drive and, you know, a drive to fight against something, um, not even knowing what it is, because the piece doesn't give you any indication of what it's all about, you know, what are they fighting, but it doesn't matter. Because it's a universal theme and exactly. we can read into it whatever our own experience is. Exactly. And it's just, and you sort of like understand it immediately. You're like, you, you understand the situation immediately. It doesn't matter what they're facing. Mm -hmm. It matters how they're facing it. And um, so that was one aspect of the piece. And then choreographically, I, um, I was immediately interested by creating a, what feels like a random chain of events you know what feels like a random happening on stage but choreograph it uh, and how this randomness becomes organized suddenly and then breaks into randomness and again it's like a game between the uh, the instinctive um, edge of the of the piece or of men in that situation um, getting into some sort of like you know they're all connecting getting into some sort of like an organized um, uh, you know, an organized attack or an organized, you know, wh whatever you want to call it. So choreographically, it really, it really um, uh, inspired me in a way to do that, that kind of game. But, you know, there is a lot of other elements and details in the piece that, um, uh, that just happened through rehearsals and through the experience of the dancers and what they brought on through improvisations and stuff like that. So when you premiered the piece at the place, it yeah. was on its own on the program. Um, or did no, you know? actually, no. It was all the pieces I've ever made. <laughs> it was fragments okay. and cult, and then we closed the evening with uprising. Um, the evening before, I had to hold myself with everything I could to not call the place and cancel the show. Oh my gosh! Because <laughs> I thought. It's going to be horrible. I really, you know, I, I have this thing where just a night before a premiere, I suddenly think that's really embarrassing. I was really honestly embarrassed. And I thought people are just, I don't know, they will not connect to it. They will see right through it. They will not understand. They will, it, you know, it's obvious or any negative thought you can imagine was going through my head. And I really, I was really, really unhappy with the piece suddenly it was really weird but you hadn't been uh, unhappy with it through the creative process i was um, obviously i mean even as you talk about it you've got this energy and this sort of memory of putting it together yeah. that's very positive yeah uh, i was um you know i was making the work it was very i was in the doing so i wasn't bothered but suddenly i uh, got a lot of doubt there but um, i had no choice so I performed it and I was very surprised to uh, see and feel the response of the audience and to see that they actually totally came along on the journey and totally connected to it. And um, yeah, and it was a, it was a very um, interesting experience for me, actually, in the sense of um, really just going with what I felt like doing in that piece at that moment of time that's what i felt like doing and and i think the piece sort of like gives that energy to the audience as well it's 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 a burst of like that's how i feel like doing it a little bit you know you can feel it from the from the music from the dancers um 
so today doing the piece you know that's it's a really fun piece to perform and i can enjoy it but the first night i tell you wasn't fun <laughs> <laughs> but the reaction was very strong the reaction was very strong the piece kept going the piece kept going now it's like the what third nearly fourth year and yeah, it's, it's almost like everything started to take off around you didn't yeah. it i mean even though you had had this experience of doing the work before this the the premiere of this work uprising was like this door opened and off you went yeah yeah how did uh, that feel um i don't know it, you know it's um it may for some people it may appear like it happens suddenly but when you work and, and i know some people might hear that and you know going to look for my address to hunt me down and shoot me but when you work for a long time and i didn't work for such a long time but i did work then for um yeah like 3 years when you work for three years really, really hard, and I was giving everything, uh, you know, I wasn't watching TV, I, wasn't, <laughs> I didn't sit in cafes and discuss art with people. I was in the studio or at home working on dance nonstop, um, not sleeping much, you know. So the feeling was I worked really hard, now people are star starting to see it and starting to appreciate it, and it felt great. It didn't feel like it came out of nowhere. I was surprised from the um, from the extent of which it went. Like, I, you know, I thought, well, it's normal that people will appreciate some hard work or quality work. Um, but there was something a bit surprising about, yeah, how how far um, that it went. Um, yeah, I don't know how it felt. It felt it felt great. You know, it felt like um, it will give me an opportunity to continue, and that was. Great. I mean, you've probably been an audience member and had that experience yourself with some choreographer's work, mm -hmm. that sense of, of, oh, yeah, I just get what it is mm. or, or what whatever it is they're saying yeah. is what I want in my life, you know, mm -hmm. so here you are being the person who's creating that connection for a whole number of people, not just mm. programmers, but obviously audience, dance audience, general audience. Yeah. It's, it's, it must be quite thrilling, really. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, you know, uh, I think part, it's hard to explain it, and I, I, won't, I won't try to explain it totally, but I feel that uh, when I make the work, I'm trying to do really what I, you know, what I want to see on stage. I, I'm not, I don't like using too much of... Um, vocabulary from a known uh, sort of like genre of dance say or of um, any other art form it has to work in the very immediate way and not to be pretentious in any way so i always you know try to sit myself as if i was an audience member and look at what i'm seeing in the studio and say does it touch me? Does it actually work? You know, and not like, oh, they're doing arabesque. That's a really good dance movement and the dance audience will understand. So maybe that's part of it. But I, yeah, I don't know exactly how and why it works, but I'm happy it does. And of course, you wrote the music for that piece. Yeah. So music has always been a part of your life. But yeah. You were a drummer, I've read. I was a drummer. My in a rock band? Or? In a rock band, okay. yeah. It was good fun. It was in good fun. In Israel, okay. yeah. And actually part of my moving to London was connected to the rock band. Uh, the other part was uh, my partner at the time wanted to come to London to study osteopathy. Okay. And I just um, wanted to leave 
elsewhere than Israel at the time. I just felt like oh, I need, you know, I need to change atmosphere. Mm -hmm. um, so that's how I arrived to London. But my music, uh, my connection to music is actually the first connection I had to art. And it's when I was about five, six years old, I was sent to study piano and was studying piano for 10, 11 years on and off. Hated practicing. Um, that sounds like a familiar story. <laughs> exactly. But loved playing. I really loved playing around and, you know, looking for tunes and stuff. So I had, you know, I had a very early connection to music and listening to a lot of music and a lot of classical music and stuff like that. Uh, but I did get, I, I came back to music um, after I left Bacheva and I went to study drums. I just, just, it was like a bug. And I suddenly started to study drums and worked on it really, really hard for two, three years. Um, so yeah, was was a drummer. And what what when you're when you're thinking of making music for your own dance pieces now? Because mm -hmm. I, I don't know where the life in the rock band got you, but somehow it got you into a studio making work and, and writing music. Yeah. In other words, you're not performing as a musician. No, you're performing as a choreographer and a dancer. But the music yeah. is part of that. Is is that um, is that music? Is that something that is part and parcel of what develops in the studio or is it something that you go back to after the movement is it something that you have in your head already when you're improvising you mean the music part yes you know my audience my audience often loves asking this question and you'll be asked it i'm sure you know what comes first but oh it, my god but that's given the that most common question the yeah. most common yeah. question and but i completely understand where that question comes from and here you are someone who is also making that music. So yeah. I'm curious about that process. It's a very hard question to answer because the process is not consistent. It's not the same in every piece that you work on. So, but I would say if we were trying to find a pattern, uh, there is a feel to what you want to do. It's a feeling. It's like, it's not exactly an idea. It's not exactly a subject, but you have a feel for the thing. Um, with this feel, you can either walk into the studio and start to create movement or start to imagine what kind of sounds you want to work with and try to produce them. My experience with music is you can think about a sound as much as you want. What comes out is totally different in the end. Um, so it's all about experimenting. So I'm experimenting really, really a lot when I create music. I just try again and again and again until I find something I connect to and I like and I think will suit the feel of the work I'm about to do. Uh, Uprising is an easy example because I was trying to create a really complex soundtrack for about a week. And um, I actually, in the end, I just thought it just, it doesn't work. Nothing, we are working on this movement material that is really great, I'm really enjoying, but nothing, it, it doesn't really suit it. Um, and. I just thought I have to go back to basics. I have to go back to the most simple thing that I can think about that is right for the work. And I thought a far, far, far away drum just beating like a war drum again and again and again. Worked on that. Of course, it wasn't that simple, but worked on that, brought it into the studio and I was like, everything works, you know. Mm. So, so it's finding this right sound. A lot of times it will come from a sketch of sound and I'll bring it into the studio, start to improvise with it and then find movements and find the world. So a lot of times it will start from a musical sketch, but the music sketch will come from 
a feeling. You know, it won't be absolutely random. Um, but again, there are no rules. There are no rules. It's um, it's a quite a chaotic process, actually. Were you a composer before you were a choreographer? Like in the rock band, were you writing some of that music? Uh, no, mainly not. I did okay. I did write sometimes things with a singer, but but mainly not. I was for many years I was recording sounds and my own music for myself um, and for whoever will dare listening. Um, and it was very experimental. It was it was a lot about. Uh, how I processed the sounds and, you know, it wasn't um, kind of like normal guitar and singing songs and stuff like that. Um, so I experimented with it a lot, but it sort of it feels when you make music for dance, um, it sometimes it's helpful if it's really simple. Um, because then it leaves some space and place for the dance to happen. It has to it has to complement the dance and to create a world together with the dance. Um, and in a way, for that, I feel you know I feel that I uh, I know my way a little bit there because I know the, 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 the you know I know my way in the studio a little bit and in the dance. And it, it's sort of like yeah, it's finding what fits. Um, Creating music just by on its own is a different experience, you know. But um, what I'm trying to say, in a way, it's easier for me to create music for dance because I'm creating it for a specific energy, for a specific world. Um, it's not that abstract for me, actually. I feel some, you know, at times I feel quite coherent about what I'm trying to create. So, so for the short term, you see that that's something you want to continue doing as you go on to create other work. Uh, yeah, I will want. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy to. Uh, I'm sometimes collaborating with people or sampling uh, music of other people, um, but I feel like I need to have the control at least on the editing, on the timing of stuff because it's so important for the way the the piece works. That's all for this edition of NAC Dance Podcast. Join us next time for part two of the conversation with Hofa Schechter. Please send us your comments and questions. You can email us at nacpodcasts at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Don't forget you can subscribe to this and other NAC podcasts by visiting nacpodcast.ca. There you will find past episodes, subscription links, and instructions on how to subscribe. You can also find us as a free subscription on the podcast section of the iTunes Music Store. Until next time, this is Alary Evans saying goodbye from Canada's NAC Dance. (laughs) 